Welcome to the Florida Divorce Podcast, your source for the information you need to successfully get through your divorce and into the next exciting chapter of life. Now, here's your host, Attorney Scott Kalish. Hey everyone, this is Attorney Scott Kalish. I am a divorce and family lawyer here in South Florida. Today I want to talk to you about an issue that that really, you know, gets brought up with a pretty decent amount of frequency. It's not something that happens all of the time, or people don't ask this all of the time, but I would say at least once a month or once every other week I'm getting this question is people ask me, you know, can we require my spouse, can we require them to undergo a psychological evaluation? before they have time sharing with their kids? Or can we just have a psychological evaluation done during the case? And my my answer to that question is usually no, because it's very rare. And as you're going to learn in this episode, you know, the facts have to be a certain way before a judge will legally require a psychological evaluation, right? But it's it's something that happens pretty frequently, or the questions, you know, raised pretty frequently, but seldomly, I think, litigated. I actually Part of the reason why I'm recording this podcast is because I actually had one of these go to court recently, and um, I litigated this issue. Right, I, I you know my client had grave concerns about the other party's uh, mental health, and there's a, a child involved, a minor child involved, and the other spouse's mental health is certainly a concern. And the facts were such that I felt that we we had enough right to put the issue before the judge and ask the judge to order a psychological evaluation. Luckily, the judge agreed with me and my client and it's being done, but it's not something that happens often, right? And, and I, I definitely say no a lot to these because you have to have certain facts, as you're going to learn here today, uh, before a judge is, is, is going to rule on it. And actually, a very prolific South Florida professional athlete actually had um, this arise in their child custody case, right? Their timesharing case, who we'll speak about and, and I'll, you know, I'll kind of talk through that case and what happened. I um, mean, it really, that, that case really gives us guidance for, and gives judges guidance for how this issue, you know, should be analyzed by the court. In an earlier podcast, I'm sure I, I've explained to you what case law is, but I'll just, you know, say it right now so you kind of understand why I'm bringing up this case in this episode, but, but case law is essentially, it originates from a regular case that is pending in the trial court, right? Like a regular divorce case or a regular, let's say, time-sharing case. Once the judge rules um, and makes a decision on something at the trial level, right in front of the trial judge, the initial judge, if one of the parties disagrees um, with the ruling, they're able to appeal it to a higher court, right? In this case, in this uh, athlete's case, it was the third DCA. And I'll, I'll, I'm, it's a little bit of a teaser. I'll let you know who it is in, in, in a little bit when I start talking about the case. But they, they appeal it to a higher court. And that higher court's ultimate analysis and ruling becomes what's called an appellate opinion. So in Florida, we have six district courts of appeals, right? So six different courts throughout the state of Florida that depending upon where you live and where your case when your where your trial case is pending um will will dictate where you what appellate court you know you're ultimately in front of but yeah so the appellate court's reasoning right for overturning or affirming a trial court's lower decision is called case law 
And in there, they give us, you know, the factual background, what the law is, and they walk us through how they arrive to their conclusion. So I'll tell you a little bit about this athlete's um, case a little bit later in the podcast. But um, first, let me go through what has to be present before you're able to submit or require your, your spouse or, or, or the other parent to submit to a psychological evaluation, right? So first, well, there's two requirements. We'll go through them uh, briefly first, right? So the first requirement is you have to place the person asking for the mental health evaluation, psychological evaluation, ha- has to place the other parent's mental health in what's called in controversy, right? The second thing you have to prove is that there's good cause to require them to submit to a psychological evaluation, okay? So let, let's go through both of those things. So um, the first item in you know, placing the mental health in controversy um, essentially boils down to whether or not there are facts that you can put before a judge that demonstrate the parent's mental health problems, right? There are problems going on in the case. The parent's mental health problems could substantially impact his or her ability to properly raise children, right? That's what the court is looking for. They're not looking for what's called conjecture, right? Just saying, oh, my spouse is, is crazy or my spouse you know, gets angry at times, right? There's got to be more to the situation. The judge has to be presented with serious allegations that connect to someone's ability to raise a child, right? You know, for instance, if someone has been diagnosed with, let's say, schizophrenia, or you suspect that, you know, the person's diagnosed with schizophrenia, and all of a sudden they, it's funny, the, the judge actually used this example at the hearing that I attended recently, but she said, you know, if the other parent is suffering from what may be schizophrenia, and one moment they're okay, but then the next moment they think they're a bird and then they want to, you know, jump off the roof of a house, obviously there's an issue there. And, that issue is enough to substantially, or it is enough where it could substantially impact his or her ability to properly raise children, right? The second requirement is there's got to be good cause. And I know that's a little bit vague, but what the case law seems to indicate on that is that there's got to be actual evidence that the person's mental health is is going to or, or can you know have an adverse effect on the children. So the second requirement, good cause, deals with like evidence, right? So it can't, it can't be just, again, conjecture where you say, you know, you don't really have anything specific. The other spouse hasn't done anything that you can really point to to say, hey, they have a mental health problem. It's more of, I think they're crazy and it's in the best interest of the children to, you know, have supervised visits, right? Without giving, without any factual allegations, right? Any facts or behavior that you can point to without that, you're going to have a really hard time proving good cause. Okay. So let's talk about the case. Obviously I won't go into my case. That's, I think, um, an invasion of privacy in terms of, uh, you know, my client and and that case that I'm dealing with right now. Let's talk about a case that was publicly published, right? In the legal reporter for, this athlete's case, right? So um, this is uh, Dwayne Wade, right? I'm a big Miami Heat fan, huge Dwayne Wade fan. And this is a case from 2013 where um, Dwayne Wade and his ex-wife were battling um, for time sharing. There was 
I believe the action started in, in Chicago um, in 2008. Um, and then at some point in 2013, it came to Miami. And the uh, Third District Court of Appeals down in Miami gave us a really good opinion, a really instructive opinion as to when and, and when not right, a psychological evaluation can be compelled. So in that case, it dealt with Dwayne Wade filing a, uh, an emergency motion asking for a psychological evaluation of his former wife. And really what he pointed to at that hearing was a YouTube video that actually I watched right before I recorded this video. Um, I read a little bit about it and in, in, the, in the description in this case law, and I'm happy to put a link in the show notes to the actual YouTube video and to um, this opinion. I'll figure out how to do that. Um, where you can read sort of the court's analysis of um, the situation. But in the YouTube video, the former wife was in front of the uh, the courthouse in Chicago in, 2000, in July of 2013. And she was, she was there speaking to reporters. And I can best describe it as she was obviously frustrated, obviously angry. But after watching the entire video, I never got the sense that she was not in her right mind or she said or did anything that I thought was concerning to her ability to like parent, like nothing she said or did in that video gave me any concerns that she couldn't or, or, or that she would harm the children. If that makes sense. Essentially she was, you know, sitting down. It looks like, you know, downtown Chicago, she was talking to what appeared to be reporters. Um, there were a couple signs that people were holding um, next to her. One said, what is the price for justice? The other sign said NBA Miami Heat star mother of his children on the streets. So obviously she was, you know, upset, voicing her concern over um, what had just happened in court, I believe, in, in Chicago. This, this case, I think, dealt with, or the facts of this case, I think, you know, or the case actually, you know, bounced from Chicago to Miami. But yeah, there might have been a, like a jurisdictional issue. But essentially, um, yeah, that, that, there's not, not, not really much to say about the video. But the court, in the opinion, in the case law, pretty much said that, that hey, you know, there wasn't enough here to require her to undergo a psychological evaluation. And Dwayne Wade actually had the case reversed because at the trial court level, right, the trial court agreed with Dwayne Wade um, and his attorney, and they granted the psychological evaluation. When the mother, the former wife, appealed the appellate court, the third district court of appeal, they actually reversed the trial court's ruling, and they said Dwayne Wade did not uh, meet the requirements to compel his former wife to undergo a psychological evaluation. And a couple of things is interesting about this opinion. The first thing is the trial court ended up requiring her to undergo the psychological evaluation, but then allowed her to have time sharing that seemed to be unsupervised. So the third district court of appeal made note of that and, and, you know, and it's inconsistent if on one hand you're ordering someone to undergo a psychological evaluation, but on the other hand, you're allowing that person to have, you know, regular time sharing without supervision. Obviously those two things are inconsistent, right? The whole reason why we're, we're asking for a psychological evaluation is because we feel that the child might be adversely impacted, right? Like kind of like my example before about the child or the, you know, the parent thinking they're a bird and jumping off of a, of a roof. Obviously those two things, you know, don't jive. You can't have a child and, and have those those mental health issues, right? You you know you're definitely not in the right state of mind if, if that's the case. Um, the other thing is that when they were discussing the good cause requirement, they had said they commented 
that um, there was no evidence other than the father's conclusory allegations in his emergency motion that any of the mother's behavior has had or will have an adverse effect on the children or that the mother cannot meet the needs of the children, right? So he didn't have any evidence. He just had allegations saying that, oh, mom's behavior, you know, you know, will have an adverse effect on, on the children. Again, the court reiterated when it analyzed this aspect of the, of the law, it said that the trial court ordered that the children should go home with the mother for visitation the very same afternoon. And they actually used like a bold font for the words that very or the very same afternoon that had ordered her to undergo a mental evaluation. Um, thus, the trial court clearly did not think there was, quote unquote, good cause to believe that the mother's mental state jeopardized the children's well-being. We agree that the mother's actions in front of the Illinois courthouse erroneously suggested that she was homeless. But this is insufficient to satisfy the good cause prerequisite under Rule 1.360. So just saying that, hey, the children will be adversely affected is not enough. You got to connect those dots. You got to have some proof, some evidence that their mental health, the other party's mental health will have an adverse effect on the children, right? You know, I hate to belabor the point, but going back to that example that I gave you before about someone jumping off of the roof or thinking they're a bird, obviously the judge can infer, the judge could assume that if someone is in that mental state where they're, maybe they had to be pulled off of a ladder, let's say, right? Because they, they literally were going to do this. If that's the case, obviously the judge has good cause to believe that a psychological evaluation is necessary because, you know, their mental health is in a position or in, in such a state that it could have an adverse effect on, on the children. So again, just to wrap up here, right, it, it's not easy to prove or require the other side to undergo a mental health evaluation, a psychological evaluation. I can tell you that if you're sitting there listening to this, thinking if you're concerned that, hey, you know, your mental or the, the other party's threatening you, right? Your, your spouse or the other parent of your children or child is saying, threatening you with the, you know, the fact that you're, they're going to ask for a psychological evaluation. I mean, I wouldn't be that concerned if there aren't facts, there isn't anything that they can point to, to back that up. It's not enough for them just to say you're crazy and then, they, and then, you know, you're automatically going to have to have a psych evaluation, but it's something that is pretty, it's a pretty high burden to meet. It's not easy to get one of these psych evaluations. So I hope today's podcast was instructive. I'm a little tired. One of our attorneys um, at the firm actually went on maternity leave um, last week. So I covered a bunch of hearings and this is a Monday that I'm recording this and I just did a hearing for this morning. So I'm a little tired. But yeah, no, um, I hope this podcast episode was instructive. Again, take a look at the show notes. I'll put in that clip of that YouTube video so you can see what the court saw when it decided Dwayne Wade's case, right? That, that video of his ex-wife at the courthouse on the street, you know, in front of the courthouse that day. And I'll link to the opinion so you can actually read what the appellate court said on this case. Now, I know uh, nine times out of 10 or for, for 90% of the people out there, you're probably going to open this document if, if you do open it and you'll be immediately just, I don't know, bored. It's, it's more of like a legal nerd type of thing where people might, you know, if, so, if someone's out, if someone out there is like more of a legal nerd, they might enjoy it, but it's very dense and it's, it's, it's technical. It's, it's not a fun read by any stretch of the imagination, but if you're interested, I'll definitely put the link in there. 
Um, if you guys have any questions, don't hesitate to, you guys can always email me. My email is scott at kjlawfla.com. Again, scott at kjlawfla.com. If you'd like to work with us, feel free to, uh, to click the link in the show notes to set up a discovery call with our firm. If you're in South Florida, or if you're close to South Florida, um, definitely, um, click on that link. If, if you're not in South Florida, give us a call or, or, you know, you can, you're always, you know, able to book a discovery call and, and maybe I can hook you up with someone that I know outside of the, uh, the South Florida area. With that, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day or evening. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Florida Divorce Podcast. To learn the 10 secrets behind every successful divorce, visit floridadivorcepodcast.com. If you'd like Scott's help in your divorce case, go to kjlawfla.com. Thank you.